welcome to the Hope Elam Podcast. We are a diverse church in the heart of Des Moines, seeking to bring God's kingdom as we live more like Jesus. We hope that what you're about to hear points you to Jesus Christ. Know that we're praying for you and look forward to connecting with you soon. Amen, amen, amen. Can we give God praise for our worship team one more time? Amen. Hope Elam, it is so good to be with you here as we celebrate our third anniversary together. The first time, I believe, that we have been all together as a church since our first anniversary. So happy anniversary. Turn to the person next to you right now and say, you're looking good at three. Tell them that right now. You're looking good. You're looking good at three. That's right. Absolutely. Now, Pastor Brian and I were talking about this. You're kind of looking around, and you might be looking at some people around you going, who are you? Well, we have the distinct pleasure of introducing you to your church. You may not know a lot of these people, but Hope Elam might just be a little bit bigger than you thought, and there might be some new people that are like, oh, I worship 9, I worship 11, I worship on Wednesdays. It's nice to come together as one church. Everybody say, one church. church. Say, one God. God. Say, one heart. That is what we are after today as we celebrate this anniversary together. And that's the heartbeat of who we are as a church this day, this campaign, everything that we are talking about together. And you know we've said it once and we'll say it again. Hope Elam is not about sameness, it's about oneness. It's about coming all together under the banner of Jesus Christ, amen. That the Jesus who unites us on a day like this is stronger and greater than the differences that could divide us. Amen? And that's what we're about. That's what we're celebrating today. That we're not just talking about becoming a beloved community. We're not just talking about being a lighthouse for the city. We are doing it. We are far from perfect. If you're looking for a perfect church, keep right on moving. We're not where we were and we're not where we want to be. But God is on the move. Amen? Amen? Amen. 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 Even as we stand here and sit here today, um, as we begin to continue to look back, I am reminded of Dr. King um, nearly 64 years ago. He stood on this very stage, perhaps in this very spot. And he, at that moment, talked about some of the same things we're talking about right now. He let us know that only light can overcome darkness. Only love can overcome hate. And so even now as we gather together today, as we sit side by side, shoulder to shoulder, we're not sitting here as Hope Des Moines. We're not sitting here as Elam Christian Fellowship. We're here today as Hope Elam. Amen? Come on, Doc. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Amen. So he talked about the beloved community and I feel with all my heart, that's who we are, that God is forging us. He is, he is mending us. He's changing hearts and minds. And I believe we are already exemplifying what it is to be a lighthouse. But at the same time, we get a glimpse of heaven, of what it's going to look like when we come together and celebrate around the throne. And I'm excited that we've come today to celebrate. We've come today to shine our lights together. Amen? Amen. Amen. 
So we've been talking about shining our lights, and that's really the heartbeat and the theme of this Shining the Light Together campaign that we have been. If you've been around for the last month or so, we've been talking about it. You've been hearing about it online, here in person, wherever you are. We hope that you've heard about it, but if it's your first day today, this is our vision as a church. This is where God is calling us to go. And so over the last couple weekends, Pastor Brian and I have kind of laid out this vision for where we feel like God is calling us to go as a church, and that's to be a lighthouse for the city of Des Moines. We talked about a couple weeks ago, shining our light in community. Everybody say community. community. We talked about how this giving campaign is so much bigger than a fundraiser. It's about coming together. As you kind of look around you today, this is a picture of it, to come together and to be a part of something bigger than yourself, to get a glimpse of, of being a part of making an impact for eternity of changing lives through the love of Jesus Christ in the city of Des Moines. Amen? That's why we're coming together. It's so much bigger than money and finances. It's about being a part of something bigger than yourself. You belong and you are needed. And whether it is your time or your talents or your treasure, you have a role to play in this vision. But it's not just in community. It's an authority. Come on. You know, whether you've been here a long time or whether you just got here, you're here now. And you are a part of who we are, and you are a part of who we're going to be. It was last week that I talked about what it meant to shine our light with authority, and I talked about going all in. And what I talked about is that when we understand who we are and whose we are, we understand that because of Jesus, he gives us a new life because of the grace that he gives. We talked about that when you go all in, you become different. You have a new look that it was to cast off those things that we used to be. We no longer have the same thoughts, no longer have those same ways, no longer going to the same place, no longer doing the same thing. God has given us, given us a new look, amen, that we cast off those old garments. We put on the new look that God has come to give. That's a growth process. And then we talked about not only a new life and a new look, but we talked about that God takes us to a new level. He has taught us how to give. It is his generosity. God has given us everything that we need. He gave us his son, Jesus. He taught us to give the very best that we have. And in doing so, we know now how to give to each other. Amen. I don't know. Amen. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe you don't know. But God is calling us to a new life mm -hmm. with a new look on a new level. But here's what I really talked about last week. Now watch this. Last week, we talked about going all in. Now listen. When we was doing the prayer walk this morning, about the fifth or sixth time as we were setting the table for the last walk around the, the building, all in came to mind and I started to extend my hands as I was walking and as I was praying. And every time I extended my hand, I thought about what it meant for me to put everything that I have and give it to God and to go all in. It's to put everything you have, put all your chips in, and go all in. Can you join me this morning? And you take everything that you have and just hold your hands out like this with me. Your family, your things, your thoughts, your heart, all that you might have, everything, because all you have, God gave it to you. And what he wants, just with your obedience, is just to push it all in. Listen, can you join me and just go all in and say, God, here, take it. Go all in with me. And say, God, here it is. And so when you go all in, thank you. When you go all in, that means up or down. 
whether you have a lot or you have a little, whether you're hungry or whether you're full, when you go in and you trust in an almighty God, up or down, you're going to stay the course, amen? Whatever it takes, when you go all in for God, when you say, God, for God I live and for God I die, you understand what it means that you can't stop? Come on, we're here now. Listen, might as well go for it. Can't stop? Can't stop? And when you can't stop, you don't stop because it gets hard. God said, don't give up. And you know where I'm going because sometimes you want to give up, but God is calling us to a place and a space right here, right, now. right here, right now. just because we're all together for the first time in a long time. Let's make it sing right here, right, now. right here. Right now. We come to shine the light together. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 We've been shining the light in community, shining the light with authority. And today we're going to talk about shining the light in unity all together, to do something together that we could not do individually, and that's what this campaign is all about. But we were talking this past week, and we realized we can give you a bunch of information, and over hundreds of those informational packets have gone out. Information does not change people's hearts. It's the the, the presence of God. It's when we go all in and allow him to consume us and get a grip on our hearts. And so we wanted to share our hearts with you because we wanted to tell you the why behind the what. We can tell you the what all day long, but there's a reason that we're doing this campaign. And there are some larger projects, some renovations, some fixes that need to take place in God's house, in this lighthouse that we want to tell you about. And really the why behind the what is people, people's lives being impacted. So don't get lost in all the details, but we wanted to share with you our hearts behind some of these projects that are above and beyond what we would normally do in our general fund. And that's why we're asking you to give above and beyond your natural, uh, your, your normal ties and offerings to some of these larger scale projects. And we just wanted to tell you about them. Yeah. So we're going to start off um, just as we think about levels three, four, and five. You guys have packets. You've heard us talk about this, but we haven't really detailed it out. And I want you to feel our hearts. So on levels three, four, and five, for example, we have no air condition on levels three, four, and five. So four months out of the year, it's really very uncomfortable for our building partners. And by the way, Joshua Christian Academy, those, those young kids who are coming every day to learn and to, to grind and to understand, sometimes it's cooler for them to walk outside than to be up there when it's the heat of the day. And so one of the things that I thought about, listen, um, if you're here today, watch this, I'm going to do it in reverse order. If you're here today and at your home, if you um, have air conditioning, you know, you don't have to do it long, but can you just wave at me if you have AC at home? Amen. Come on. All right. So, so, so when you think about, so when you think about the opportunity to be a good steward of this lighthouse, which God has given us, there's 75, there's 25% of the building that really is not operable at the time of the year when we can be doing a lot of work in capacity. I, I know, so, so I, I stop by in Joshua Christian Academy sometimes and I worship with them because those young, those young people know how to worship. And when I think about them being in a space in a place where they're sweating, it's uncomfortable. And our building partners who are there, why do we want to take care? Because God is calling us to a new level. He's calling us to go all in. How can, Jesus, how can we sit in luxury and then have the house of God still be unfulfilled to do ministry? And so that's a part of the heart posture. That's why we want to be a good steward with levels three, four, and level five. 
Not only that, but our transportation ministry, some of you have heard this story, but last year I had a, a young mother come up uh, to me after worship and she introduced herself and I'd never seen her before. And I said, oh, this is your first time here. And she said, yes. And I said, oh, that's great. Do you live kind of in the area? And she said, I live about four miles away. And I said, oh, that's not too far of a drive to Hope Elam. And she said, we didn't drive. We walked. And she said, we had heard about Hope Elam, words getting out around town, and we just wanted to come be a part of it. And it wrecked me. Because there are people that are in our community that are desperate to encounter the love of God, and they don't have a way to get here. They don't have a way to get here. And it, it moved me so much that I said, we, we've got to do better. We've got to do better. The current bus that we have is... It is, it's got four wheels, and that's about it. So, um, and those of you that ride on that, God bless you, and thank you for your grace and your patience, but we can do better. That ministry has grown to pick up over 40 people every single week, but nobody should be denied the ability to get to worship uh, here in our community. And so our, our guests, those we serve, deserve heat. They deserve cool in the summer. They deserve a safe and stable bus that is not going to break down. Not just one. Let's get a couple while we're at it so that more people can come. That's a big area for us and what this campaign is about. Um, we're going to keep waving. How about you wave at me if you've ever had a great meal in this place? If you've been eating here and you know that the food ministry is real, um, at one point it was 800 meals a week going out the door during COVID and then subsequently after that, we kept going and now there's like 500 a week. There's a lot. And with the different ministries, with Community Night. And so we have a kitchen and we have upgrades that are needed. You're wondering why are we doing this campaign? Why do we need to do this? Because we are feeding the hungry. We have people that are coming and I guarantee you because we're in community with them. We're not cooking something to say, hey, here you go. Hope you like it. No, we're eating the same thing and it's good. Yeah. It's great. In fact, yeah, so we're in community, and so part of that is we want to be able to continue to expand that, that food ministry and continue to serve this community because they're coming, amen, and we want them to come because this is a lighthouse, so that's a part of it. Yeah. Three years ago when we moved into this building, uh, it's just, it was clear that it hadn't been used. All 80,000 square feet had not been used on an everyday type of uh, way and capacity for decades. And so there are some major things in the building that have not been updated for decades. And if you had something in your house that was a little stuck in the 50s or the 60s, you might take a look at it, especially if it is not working properly. To whom much is given, much is expected. And praise God, praise God that all five floors are used almost every single day of the week. God has made us a community center, amen? To whom much is given, much is expected, like plumbing that works so the basement doesn't flood every single time that it rains. Elevators that don't break down when kids and students are on them as well. Safety and security updates so that this is not just a safe place emotionally and spiritually, but physically. All 80,000 square feet. To whom much is given, much is expected. And the investments that we make in some of those larger scale mechanical projects are going to pay dividends for decades to come. Amen. Amen. And finally, let me, let me just share this. So from a worship perspective, um, we are wanting to make sure that 
<laughs> this projector is on his last leg. There's a lifespan, and we're close. And so the point of it is, is that as we celebrate God, you can see the fading of it now. As, you, as we celebrate God, we just want to prepare ourselves for where he's taken us. And God is a God of provision. And where there is vision, there is provision. And God will take care of that. Now, here's the thing, okay, because you're going to help me preach in a minute. But first, let me tell you this. In Haggai, the church, the, the temple was in ruins. And it was after the Babylonian exile. And it, who knows how it got there? I'm sure it's an explanation. But it, the church was in ruins. And the people of God were living in their homes while the church was in ruins. And so Haggai came to the people. He said to the people, he said, God said, that no longer should the church not be built back up. He said, you're planting much. He said, but you're harvesting little. He said that you're eating a lot, but you're still hungry. He said, you're drinking a lot, but you're still thirsty. He said to them, he said, you know, in fact, he said, you are, all your wages, you put them in them pockets as if they have holes in it. So he said, look, go to the mountains, go up to the hills and bring down some timber and rebuild the church. He said, then I will be pleased and I will have honor and I'll be with you. God is saying, listen, simply, let's just be a good steward of what he's given us. And so help me preach. When I say whose house, you say God's house. Whose house? God's house. Whose house? God's house. This is our opportunity to be a good steward of his house. Amen. Don't miss the why behind the what. Don't get lost in the numbers. There's some numbers there. We, we're trying to get to that, that prayer target we've been praying into for a couple months now, the $2.5 million. And some of you are like, that's a lot in a month. And God says, that's nothing to me. That's nothing to Come me because nothing is impossible with God. And we're believing for that. But here's the thing. Don't get lost in that. The why behind the what is people. And there are some things in our lives that we're going to encounter at one time or another that you cannot put a price tag on. And when people's eternal destinies are changed, you tell me a dollar amount for that. It's priceless. That's what you have the opportunity to be involved in. What we want to talk to you about today is what you heard in our scripture reading is that when people encounter the light, when people encounter the treasure that is the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ, nothing can stay the same. Amen. Well, let's talk about it. So, there is a treasure in the Word of God. There is a treasure that's better than silver and is better than gold. The treasure of the good news. What, what does it matter we gather in this brick, in this martyr? We come together and we have all the programming and the discipleship if souls are not being changed. The, the treasure of the text is the good news. It's the gospel message. What are we doing if we're not reaching out to those who in our community and those around us? There's a treasure. And by the way, I heard this last night. It was so good. It said the same treasure that is available to us and available to you is available to them. The same treasure of the good news of the gospel is something that we are charged with. We are commanded to make certain that we shine the light in the community. 
and to shine the light so that people can see the difference between truth and error, the difference between being in the darkness. You know, and I've said it before, we stay in the dark too long and our eyes will adjust and we'll think that being in the dark is not so bad when we adjust to living in a place that God did not call us to. But there is a treasure in the, ch- in the text. So when, when Moses went up to Mount Sinai and he came down with the Ten Commandments, the Bible said that his face was radiant because he had been in God's presence. And so when he came back to the camp, the people were terrified because of the, the radiance of his face, having been in the presence of God. So he put a veil on his face as he's visited with the people. But because Moses would have this veil upon his face, the, the glory of God little by little began to fade away because they began to put the veil over their hearts. And this veil, they became ignorant to the things of God. They became prideful. And so they were hard-headed. And the treasure that God had come to give in the good news, it began to fade away. The, the, the salvation for them, it was the Ten Commandments. But I stopped by to tell somebody, listen. The Ten Commandments was great to show us our sin and to teach us how to be obedient. But the the Ten Commandments could not give life. The end of it was only death. Now, because of Jesus, we are under a new covenant. Hear me clearly. We are under a new way, a new covenant. Yes, the Ten Commandments shows us our sin, but there's only one way that we can have eternal life and forgiveness of sin. And that's a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? And when you know, when you have the knowledge of the light of the gospel, that is the treasure that is in this text. When you know the good news, when you understand who and whose you are, when you know that you can go through struggle and and trials and tribulations and still maintain your, your peace in an almighty God, the light of the gospel is a treasure. And the treasure of the light of the gospel is no longer veiled. There's not a veil. The only way is veiled for people who reject the gospel. The only way there's a veil of people who are perishing because they don't receive the light of the truth. And if you're here this morning and you understand you have found that treasure, hold on to it because it's the source of life. Now watch. There's a treasure of the good news, but it's not about us. It's about us, but it's not about us. It's about us. And that he says, when you preach, you don't preach about yourself. It's not about us. We don't preach about us. We preach about the gospel of Jesus. We preach about the good news. But it's not about us in the end game. You're going to get this right here and right now. The treasure, the good news. There's tension in this text. You say, well, Pastor Brown, what is the tension? This great treasure of the good news God fixed it so that it, he put it inside what he called jars of clay. He, he put it inside a, a, a fragile jar of clay. <laughs> he took this light of the gospel, this great treasure, and he put it inside you and me. He, he, he entrusted us with the treasure of the good news so that we might then uh, have it hidden in our hearts 
that we might shine forth to the people. How could he entrust a weak, fragile jar of clay with the treasure of the good news? It's not about us, but it is about us. He says in the text, we now have this light shining in our hearts. When you know the truth about who you are, there's a light that shines in your heart. And he says, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. Then he says, this makes it clear that our great power is of God and not of us. It is tension to have this great treasure in brokenness. That God chose the weak. Those who sometimes get cracked up, broken, shattered by the things of this world. That, that we get so bent up and marred. But yet, he chose to put the light of the gospel in us. All of our cracks, all of our, our brokenness, all of the shattering that happens with the people of God. But yet, the tension is he chose to put it in us so that when we are obedient, when we walk according to the word of God, when we stand firm in the midst of chaos, so that the light of God can shine through, and you know it's not about me. You know it's not about us. You know that's the power of God because he put it in brokenness. The treasure of the good news, but the tension is his glory comes out of our weakness. His glory comes out of our, our ability not to do it ourselves. So then the last thing. The trouble you're going through, the trials, the, the predicament, the problems, the pressures, the pain, all the stuff. He says, look, at some point it's a gift because through it, he said, you're my ambassadors. I put my light inside of you, and I know you're broken, but let me shine through you. It is a gift and an opportunity so that we can show forth the power of God. That's why he said, let your light so shine, that they would see what you do and give God glory. His glory is contained in the light of men, but he's the one that will make the difference. The gift is when we are pressed. On every side, somebody in here right now, you press, but you're not crushed. That's the glory of God. That's the fragile clay jar. The gift is when you're perplexed, you don't know which way to go. You don't know how you're going to make it. But somehow, some way, you're not in despair. You still have hope in the midst of it all. The gift, the opportunity of the treasure that's in this broken jar is that even when I'm hunted down, I know for certain he's not going to abandon me. God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He said, look into the hills when it's coming from my help, because all your help comes from the Lord. When you are knocked down, please know that God is a God, that he will always make sure that you're not destroyed. So pay attention to who you are. The treasure, the great treasure, it lies in the text. And then here's the thing. I want to tell you this quick story. Um, Rob Cutlaw, in 1969, he found this big blue rock, and he just liked it. He would have sold it for $500. He tried, but it didn't work. So he put it in a box under his bed in the dark. 
And you say, well, I'll just save it for whenever there's a, a bill and there's a, a rainy day. Had he sold it, what he didn't know was the rock that he found, it was the most valued and the most expensive sapphire ever found in the world. And he had it in a place of darkness, not knowing really what he had. And so this was uh, really the star of David's sapphire, worth $2.75 million. Sometimes we have the treasure of God, and we don't know really what we have. That sometimes it lies in darkness, but he's given it to us. The treasure of salvation, the treasure of the good news, sometimes it lies dormant. And sometimes before you can get what you need, you got to plant a seed. Sometimes in order for, sometimes even in your brokenness, even when you're being pressed, even when you're perplexed, even when you're hunted down, even when you're knocked down, you got to care for somebody else. God said, in the midst of that situation, show me your love, show me your, your, your adoration for someone else. And God takes that moment and begins to shine his light. So don't let the treasure that God put in you lie dormant. Don't keep it in a place of darkness. Last thing, it is in darkness of life that God prepares us for his best. In the wilderness, when it's hard, let light shine out of darkness. Amen? Amen. I promise we're getting close. You get two preachers for the price of one today. So you're just going to have to deal with it. All right? When you encounter the treasure, you are never the same. Can I tell you about my friend Zacchaeus? Can I tell you? Open up your Bibles to Luke 19. We're just going to take a quick detour. Luke 19. I want to ask you a question as you're turning to Luke 19. What in your life is most valuable to you? Not, not what you think you should say, but what do you spend your time on? What do you spend your energy on? What gets your focus? What gets your affection? What gets your heart? In other words, what is your treasure? And what we're going to learn about Zacchaeus is that sometimes you can misplace your treasure. Now, Luke chapter 19, verse 1 starts out this way. Some of you that grew up in Sunday school, you know a couple things about Zacchaeus, but you may not know everything about Zacchaeus. If you know the little jingle or the little song, you know, don't leave me hanging. Zacchaeus was a... And a wee little man was he, right? Now, you may know Zacchaeus was a wee little man, but you may not know that Zacchaeus was a big thief. So tax collectors in those days were at the top of the list of the most hated in society, and yet here's Zacchaeus, and he's taken off a little bit off the top of what he takes and collects in taxes. And so because of that, he had become very, very wealthy. See, Zacchaeus had found his treasure. You know what his treasure was? Just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. And I don't, I don't know what that is for you. It may not be financially, but some of you, I just need a little bit more. And if we dig a little bit deeper, the word for steal in the Old Testament is ganav. Everybody say ganav. That's the Hebrew for steal. And yes, it literally means to be a thief, but it also means this. It's the heart posture. It's also the self-deceptive inner disposition that accompanies the action. What does that mean? It's the lie that says, I will never have enough. So I have to keep taking and stealing and keep taking what is not mine to fill the void inside. Zacchaeus had everything. He was wealthy, but there was still a void. And how do we know that? Because one day, the treasure wasn't just in a clay jar. The treasure of Jesus Christ was walking down the road. And if Zacchaeus would have had everything that he ever wanted, he wouldn't have left his post and climbed up shamedly into a sycamore tree for... You, 
for the Lord he wanted to see, right? So Jesus is walking by, and Zacchaeus goes up. We read this. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up to him and said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Jesus always invites himself over for parties. Verse 6, so he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Let me ask you this. If Zacchaeus had already found the treasure, why was he still looking for it? And for some of you, you think you found it, but why is there still that emptiness inside? Why is it not enough? Why are you still hanging out up in that tree when the treasure is walking right in front of you? It's right there. And, and we don't know what happened all in this moment, but something happened when he met Jesus. It's like God saw him as he was and not as he should be. Jesus saw him. He did not see the thief. He saw somebody that was desperate for love, desperate for forgiveness, and desperate for purpose. And in Jesus, Zacchaeus found all three. And he's looking for you this morning. Whether you're hiding up in a tree or wherever you're hiding out, he is looking for you. All that was found in Jesus. You can have everything in the world and still miss the treasure. You can have everything in the world and still miss the treasure. Notice Jesus doesn't question his past or tell him how disappointed he is in him. Jesus says, uh, there's a party, and actually I heard you're hosting, and I'm going to be there, and I'm going to be the guest of honor at your party. In those days, to eat with somebody was an act of friendship. If you went and ate at somebody's house, that's saying, like, we're besties, we're BFFs, I'm coming over, and yes, with a house full of notorious sinners. What does the story tell us? People are transformed by grace, not by guilt. People are transformed by grace, not by guilt. Because watch what happens next. Verse 8. Zacchaeus stood up. This is just after hanging out with Jesus for a little bit. And said, Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I'll just be fair and just give them back. No, that's not what he says. He says, I'll pay back four times. Say four times. Four times the amount. God's grace changed Zacchaeus from a thief to an extravagant giver. How did he do that? By his grace. Extravagant generosity does not ask, how can I just give the minimum amount? It says that everything I have is ne was never mine to begin with and is an act of sheer grace. Everything I have is a gift. And so extravagant givers don't keep score. They say this money, this love, these gifts, this house, this car, these possessions were never mine to begin with. Jesus came and he discovered a fragile clay jar named Zacchaeus. And he stuck his light inside of him. And what Zacchaeus shows us, that it is actually the brokenness and the fractures and the cracks in your life that allows the glory and the light of Jesus to shine through. Amen? So, what does that mean for you and I? Jesus can take your greatest liability and turn it into an asset for the kingdom of God. 
And he wants to do that with you this morning, from greed to generosity. How? By grace. And we could stand up here all day, and we could keep going. We'll get you out here by one, I promise, right? We could just go on and on and on and tell you, you got to give to the campaign. We want you to have a generous heart. We believe in these projects. The money's not yours, it's God. We could tell you, and over and over and over and over again, or our prayer could be this, that you encounter and are undone by the grace of God. And when you realize how much God has given to you, you say, how, I'll do whatever it takes because I want to experience that treasure. And once I've experienced it, I cannot shut up. I cannot stay silent. I want everybody to know. Don't get lost in the projects. Don't get lost in the information. Don't get lost in the dollar signs. Focus on people. God is madly in love with you, and he came to Zacchaeus and shined his light on Zacchaeus, and he wants to do the same for you. This is the point of the sermon where your pastors are going to do a little Saturday night fever dance for you. I just stand. Oh, that's convenient. And maybe you've never realized this before about a disco ball, but at a distance, it's nice and bright and shiny, isn't it? Oh, I already got some of you. Yeah. But when you look up close, a disco ball is made up of hundreds of tiny, broken pieces. And that's actually what allows us to reflect the light. What you are looking at right here is not a disco ball, it's a picture of a healthy church. A church that knows it's not about us because the light doesn't come from the broken pieces. The light shines on us. It's not about us and our job is to reflect that light. Amen? This is a picture of a healthy church. A whole bunch of broken, imperfect people united together. One of these pieces can't shine that light on their own, but together we can light up a room Oh, we could light up a city. We could, we could actually like be who Jesus says we already are, and that's the light of the world. This is about allowing, this campaign is about this. It's about allowing kids to learn and not drip sweat. It's allowing us to feed even more people. It's allowing us to invest in this lighthouse to serve for generations to come. Amen? That's what this is about. There are some things for which there is no price tag. And you read a story like Zacchaeus, and there's two ways to read the Bible. Oh, that's nice for him, and the Bible's a list of exceptions. Or is the Bible a list of examples of what happens when people experience the light? And it shines through your brokenness. And it's not just something for me to hold up there. It's for all of us. And so on your way in, Today, you received one of these bracelets. And we talk about this campaign and what we're doing. It's not just a disco ball. It's not just one light. It's all the lights. And next Sunday, November 19th, is Commitment Sunday. And we're going to ask you to bring your cards and your envelopes. And some of you have them from your campaign folders. Over 300 of those have gone out. And we ask that you would bring that, and you're going to notice something on that card that you're going to bring next weekend. Yeah, there's a place for your treasure, but also your time and your talent. Because every gift is different, but every gift matters to God. 
and we are going to invest in the future of this church, and we're going to shine our light together, and we wanted to give you a picture this morning of what that might look like. So if you want to go ahead and pull that out, and you might have to open it up and stick the battery part back in. Pastor Brian and I were talking about that this week. That's right out of the text. This great power, this great power, if you don't have one, we'll get you one. Wave your hand. This great power is not from us, it's for God. It's from him. It always has been, it always will be. And so our ability to do this campaign, to meet our targets, our ability to make it three more years and 10 more years and 50 more years and 100 more years as a church is not us, it's him, amen? So put it around your wrist, connect to the power source. I mean, come on, connect to the power source and flip on your light. And you might think, ah, oh, I can give about 10 bucks to the camp. That's not gonna do any, I, I shine my light. I, I can serve, I can be a part of what's going on here at Hope Elam, but I can't make that much of a difference. Maybe not as one light, but as you add your light to the one next to you, we can light up an entire room. This is a glimpse of heaven, of the beloved community, of Hope Elam being a lighthouse. And it's not just for us right now. The investments we make, the things that we do, will have a ripple effect for generations upon generations to be a blessing. When we think about the blessing, it's not just for now. The blessing is a blessing over the people of God. It was a blessing then, when we think about it, but it's a blessing right now. When he talks about, may God shine his face upon you, when he talks about from generation to generation, it's not just for now. What we're doing, what we're giving to now, will impact our families for generations. We'll impact this community for generations. We'll impact all of God's kingdom for generations. And when they talked about it, they said, God, we agree. Amen. So as the praise team come and they sing the blessing, please know that blessing is upon you. The blessing is upon us. That blessing is upon this community, this city. Why not you? And why not us? The blessing. Let's stand worship together. Thanks so much for joining us. To find out more about Hope Elam, follow us on Instagram at hope.elam or visit our website at hope-elam.org.